that's not an illusion. Uh, that's actually a new episode of The Shipping Manifest that you're seeing. We're back after uh, taking a little bit of a break. Uh, we're back today to finish up the list and we get into uh, kind of our idea, our idea of what we're going to be doing with the show going forward. But we add five more things onto the list, bring it to a nice round hundred, uh, and then we close the book, as it were. Uh, so without further ado, let's get to it with the conclusion of the shipping manifest. Hello. Hello. Hey, okay. We're we're uh we're cooking with gas. I uh this is the first time recording on my new phone, so I was a little bit nervous. Gotcha. Um so how's it going? It's going. Well that's good. <laughs> that's that's all I got for <laughs> we, you. We've been gone for a little bit. Um we have. And we are returning uh, because, well, gosh darn it, it's been a while since we've been able to talk. Uh, and also, uh, we're just going to finish the list. We're, we're going we're gonna to put five more things on the list and call that done. And then going forward, I think we're just going to have a, a show where we can just talk about whatever we kind of feel like it. Uh, whatever the fuck comes up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so have you, have you been doing anything cool lately? Watch something good? Anything like that? Um, I mostly like most of my time was honestly filled up with, um, uh, CNSC stuff. So we had Nerdoween and then we had International Games Day. So it's been a lot of like leading up to getting to Nerdoween and then, International Games Day was immediately after, and then after that, I was like, I kind of need a fucking nap. Mm-hmm. So I did. I did a whole lot of nothing for, for a while. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and I mean, mostly I've just been. I haven't really watched anything new or exciting. I've kind of just been watching my fall lineup now that all the fall shows are back. So yeah. Um, Any standouts so. from from the new sh- from the shows that have come back? Um, I'm going to be real sad when we get to this last episode of The Good Place. I've um, been, I've been kind of putting it off, uh, because I, because it is the last season, uh, yeah. for that reason. Yeah, it's, it's been a really good season and it's been a really good send off. And I know some people have been like, oh, it is, hasn't been as good. And I'm like, I disagree. I think every episode has made me laugh harder than the one before that. This last most recent episode, as we're getting kind of towards the resolution of things, like made me cry multiple times. And I was like, I shouldn't have watched this in my on my lunch break at work. But like, (laughs) also, I didn't expect to cry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a it's been a good season and it's going to be a good send off. I'm just it's a real bummer that it's it's done. But I'm glad that they get to go on their terms too. And like, yeah. I wanted four seasons. I got my four seasons, and we're good. Yeah, I so. can never, I can never really be mad about a show ending when it's their decision. 
when they're like, this is it. This is where, where we wanted to stop because there's been so many shows where it's like somebody needed to step in and just be like, okay, you're done. (laughs) House. (laughs) House. Yeah. Yeah. So, so whenever you can go out on your own terms and make sure that you can put together an ending that's, satisfying for for the viewers and and like the people who have been following along i think that's just that's the goal uh i think yeah because making i was just gonna say making something that never ends it seems exhausting yeah no it does and it's it's always a bummer when something ends when you're before you're ready for it to end Mm -hmm. but it is nice when they get to end when they want to end you know, and God, can I just listen? I haven't started the last season of Supernatural because it's just, I don't want to. It's been 15 years and I'm tired. <laughs> it's a really long, that's a really long time to be on and kind of just basically doing the same shit over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you think about it, like Supernatural went longer than Smallville, Supernatural yeah. went longer than Buffy and Angel combined. Like all of these kind of similar monster of the week shows from that time period, none of them that long because they're not, they're not supposed to. No. Uh, Right. Well, and that's the thing. And also like, um, it's, it, it, it's one of those shows that like, you could have just wrapped that up and like, God, there was one I was just thinking of and now I forgot what it was. That's one that, that also, Oh, it's kind of like the Simpsons. Like mm-hmm. every once in a while, a good Simpsons episode comes back, but it's like, it's the minority now that the episodes are good. Yeah. And most people that I know that enjoy the Simpsons don't watch the new stuff. They kind of just go back to the old stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's, that's an example of like, maybe somebody should have stepped in at some point and been like, maybe we should be done. Like, maybe, I, 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 maybe here's the point. At season 30, I'm thinking that somebody should have been like, I think this is good. I think, I think, right. I think we're good now. We're the longest running show on television. Like we're the longest running cartoon ever. Mm-hmm. Like we can, we can pack it in at 30 seasons because the chances of anything else running 30 seasons like that is very, very slim. Yeah. So I think you, you'd be pretty good to just pack it in. Family Guy's another one that they should have just, you know, after that third cancelization, they should have just been like, let's let's pack it in and try something new. Just move <laughs> like, on. Oh wait, they did. It was called it was called the Cleveland show and yeah. it was trash. <laughs> uh although I will I will stand up for American Dad because I American Dad's good. Yeah. A shockingly good show. Uh um, especially especially once TBS took over, like took it and got mm-hmm. the got the rights and started running it new episodes. And yeah. Seth MacFarlane kind of stepped away from it a little bit. And yeah. he really is only there doing voice. Yeah. Um, and he's not the showrunner anymore. It got significantly better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I think that's a, a pretty decent show uh that kind of gets yeah. lumped in with like Cleveland show and Family Guy, and it's like, no, it's 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 different. It's so different. Um because like the the thing is when when you start American Dad, he is a 
horrible character. Like Stan yeah. is an absolute asshole in every single way. And every time he has learned an, a lesson at the end of an episode, they carry that forward. Like he right. is a functionally different person who is more understanding and accepting of the world around him. And, and it's fascinating to see how much they've actually let him grow. Uh, right. Whereas like nobody's grown on family guy ever. Right. No one's grown on family guy. And honestly, nobody's grown on the Simpsons either. Like the Simpsons mm-hmm. has been the same. They've, it's been the same shtick. Like the only person who really changes as a character from episode to episode or season to season is sometimes Lisa. And that's usually around her picking up another cause. Yeah. Like, or finding another thing that she is, you know, whatever the, whatever the current, you know, through line of the young social justice situation is, is usually what Lisa is picking up that season. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how long that lasts in the social realm is how long she holds on to it. Yeah. But it's not really a character growth. It's not it's not a character growth. It's a reestablishment of her character just in general. Right. That yeah. she will take up these causes and she will fight for what she believes in. Uh yeah. but those causes don't really stack on top of each other. Right. Um I think I think the only one that really stuck around is her being a vegetarian. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it. And and the thing that never made sense to me is like, after so many years of making The Simpsons with everybody stuck in these like ages and jobs and like doing the exact same thing, how did how do you not just say? Hey, let's age them up five years, and that way we can right. have new school classes, new new teachers, and it, like have that just added element where you have something that's a little bit fresh. Um, well, and that's the thing is like that's why some of the like sitcoms that have lasted for a while last so long, mm-hmm. or thing because you allow the character because unlike animation, you don't get to keep the characters at ten forever. You right. know, you have to you have to age with the actors or recast and like not everybody wants to recast the actors and that's why soap operas last for so long too is because as long as that actor sticks around you're with that character like erica kane on on uh all my children and started on that show as a teenager and grew up with that show to the point that when it ended she was a grandmother she was like had you know come full circle into you've watched her entire life on that show mm-hmm. and you know and yeah soap opera is different and like but a sitcom like modern family is 11 seasons is ending this season and we've watched those kids from when they were kids and now they're all adults yeah and um the same blackish that's on right now is those little kids started young they started as like when it started Zoe was a freshman in high school now it's now she's got a spinoff where she's in college Mm -hmm. and juniors graduated and now the younger ones are starting to graduate or get to the age where they're going to start graduating and we get to watch the kids grow up too and I think yeah that's definitely something that the Simpsons missed a boat on and like definitely could have done and like 
you didn't ever have to make them adults, but like you could do 30 seasons and then go, let's do five year jump and put the kids in high school, yeah. you know, and see where they're at. Cause, you know? cause and you're telling that that's even in animation, if you want to just keep it there, like two of my favorite shows are adventure time and avatar, the last airbender. And they easily could have stuck with like, okay, this is, this is the age that these characters are but they very specifically start off as very childlike and they keep a childlike tone. But then as the seasons progress, they grow up with the characters and they let them take on bigger things because they understand that their audience is actually growing up too. So they might want something a little bit that, you know, that continues that line with these characters that they care about, but they're going through more grown up stuff. And it just lost that relatability at some point or like young justice. Like Mm -hmm. we, would we still be watching young justice with the same joy if we were watching the same team still at, you know, as teenagers running around? No, No, it would, we'd still probably like it and it would still be a fun show, but we wouldn't Mm -hmm. have the same love for it because they've allowed the characters to grow, to allow new characters to come in and you know allowed the world to grow as the way a superhero comic does you know we in in the three seasons of that show that we've had you know we've allowed the entire bat family to grow we've started we've built up the wonder family the super family has started like you know we it's now that we're now in season three like Lois and Clark just had a baby and like so now John's there and like we have Connor and we have Lois and Clark together and married and you know we have the existence of Jason be getting started to be Red Hood in season three and we have Tim and Babs and now Babs is Oracle so she's even changed mm-hmm. and we got to see her be Batgirl and we are getting to watch you know Dick go from Robin to Nightwing. And Damien even exists now. He's a baby, but he exists. He's there. He's, <laughs> He's there. He's the, and who knows, you know, now they have a season four and they have plans. And mm-hmm. knowing that everything connects, you know we're going to see those people again. Like, And, and who, just... who's to say that the next season is going to follow up exactly where we left off in season three? Like, season two doesn't start where season one ends. It jumped. Exactly. It jumped. It jumped a couple of years. Yeah. Oh. So like a time jump is already established as oh, yeah. as something they'll do. So they could easily jump forward to a point where Dick is Batman and Damien is Robin. Like exactly. they do that oh, big yeah. of a jump. That would be so good. That would right. be, and then they and then Red Hood shows up and they're and that's how they find out about Red Hood. They've mm-hmm. already established the Court of Owls exists. Mm-hmm. We could do stuff with the Court of Owls. Like that's and that's just what you could do with the Bat family alone. You have so many other options now. Because yeah. you've now you've also established, you know, yeah, Cassie was the first Wonder Girl that we saw on the show, but Troya shows up in Donna shows up as Troya in mm-hmm. as on the on the UN. So yeah. she exists. She just wasn't Wonder Girl at that time. And now we all three of them are there we could very easily be like diana takes a breath and you know donna takes over as wonder woman for a while or you know cassie takes over as wonder woman for a while and allows that to 
shape and change things. And, you know, even between one and two, we had a time jump because we went from, you know, the original team and then ne- season two starts, it's five years later. Yeah. And you have and, Blue Beetle and you have, yeah, uh, that's when Batgirl actually uh, joins in. And, you, and Tim you... is Robin and still mm-hmm. figuring it out. So mm-hmm. in that time, we've lost Jason. Yeah, and that was great because you had that moment of like in that very first episode, that's like one of the biggest, one of the strongest things that has like ever stuck out to me of Young Justice for that five year jump, that first mission that Dick sends them on. And he looks right at Tim and says, just don't die. And Tim, the way Tim looks at him is like, you know, he said that because he just buried a brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. He just <laughs> so like, hey, the only request I have is don't die because then Bruce will shut this all down and we'll never be able to do it again. And I like you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've all just Uh, finally got over Jason. (laughs) uh, Some of us more than others. (laughs) I mean, we're all over Jason. Yeah. But Um, it's, it's that I don't like when, in lieu of actual character growth, they just stagnate. Uh, and the, it's happened to The Simpsons, and I think it happened to uh, South Park, too. Because I used to actually like how South Park would let the characters kind of change, but then like at a certain point, it became less about that and more about, okay, what, what's the thing that they're taking down this week? And just kind of lost that fun that there used to be. It stopped being about the kids uh, and became more about like what what part of culture can we make fun of now? And it's a bummer uh, because yeah. South Park used to be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't, I am always more in favor of allowing your characters to grow and change uh, as opposed to just sticking with what's safe. Um, It it just makes a more uh, interesting story that way. Yeah. Well, and I think, especially with the South Park thing, it used to be that like you had a story of these kids and then they would be affected by things that happen in the social realm that they're taking down. So Mm -hmm. when you're doing things like the trapped in the closet episode, those are the the few those are a couple times a season episodes where the most part it's about these fucking foul mouth kids. Yeah. And then every once in a while they deal with this big issue or this thing that's currently happening or, you know, like that Britney Spears episode is mm-hmm. such a like it's such a good episode because they really are being like, no, like it, you can't just keep calling her crazy like this isn't her crazy. It's you people hounding her constantly and driving her crazy. Like, mm-hmm. leave the girl alone. You just leave have Brittany to leave alone. <laughs> leave Brittany alone, as was so eloquently said. Uh, and, but then now, but you're right. It's like now it's just become what what can we take down? And so that mm-hmm. becomes that's become the focus of the show. And it's like, it gets to the point, too, where it's like, do we really need to take that down? And I guess that one of their more recent episodes, it's been about, like, trans athletes. And it's like, is this really the thing that you guys want to do? Like, are you really, like, 
is this really the direction that you want to go? Because I feel like it's a little bit more nuanced that you're letting, than it's letting it, you're letting it be. Yeah. The fucked up thing is I saw a screenshot of, of that with no context, nothing said about it. And I was just like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to do something about trans athletes, aren't they? Because, because they'd love themselves some trans humor. Oh man, nothing, nothing gets the South Park boys giggling more than making fun of trans women. Oh God. Um, yeah, I, I just, it sucks because that show used to be really fun and I feel like it used to have like something to actually say. Yeah. Uh, but and now, now it's just how offensive can we be and what can we get away with? Yeah. And the answer is everything because they already let you say shit 300 times on live <laughs> television. Like we're past it. <laughs> Cause Trey and Matt have gone mad with power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like, I don't know, pack it in guys. Try something different. That's another. When they do, it's great. And so long. It's been so fun. The sad thing is, is when they do try something different, it's great. Like Book of Mormon is a brilliant show. Mm -hmm. Team America. Yeah. So when you do try to do something else, I mean, I don't like Team America. I don't actually like Team America. I enjoy the campy garbage that it is. It's not it's not a great movie. But like I think it's hilarious, but, but yeah. That's fair. I just but when you try things new, they usually go well. Basketballs was mm-hmm. terrible. But, I, love, um, I love that movie too. It's I bad, do think but it's it's great. so bad. But I think, and it did give me one of my favorite things to just say out of context, um, <laughs> uh, where he, with the, um, it, it's, oh, it's, it's the fat liposuction out of Marlon Brando's ass. <laughs> oh, it's all salty and warm. <laughs> Um, which has never, never has a context where that is, makes sense, but it was, it makes me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, but like for the most part, you do really well if you try new things. So maybe just let South Park go. Let it go. Let it go. You know, Frozen 2 is coming out soon. Let it go. And like you, you have imposed the schedule uh, on yourselves where you have to make an entire episode within one week it's like you, you don't have to you don't have to you can you don't st- have to you can you can stop you're millionaires you're yeah. multi-millionaires you can stop the only people who are expecting you to complete that timeline is you so if yeah. you eliminate you and say i'm not going to do it anymore no one's going to stop you <laughs> it's going to be fine and you know what after after 22 years of doing the show everybody's gonna get it everybody's gonna say yeah i i wouldn't want to do the same thing for 22 years either uh fair enough uh yeah i don't Um, know yeah oh i have also been watching um the new round of 
of Hallmark movies for my other podcast. Yeah, plug that. Um, so Abby and I have been saying for years that we should do a podcast about watching of us just watching these terrible movies and then talking about them because we do it anyway. So, you know, why not just record it? <laughs> See mm-hmm. if other people have the same feelings we do. Um, but I now have to watch them. And normally I throw them on in the like in the during the Christmas season. They're just on in the background and I can do other things. So I don't have to really watch them. Mm-hmm. And now I really have to watch them because I have to be able we have to be able to recap them. And oh boy. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, is that a chore? Mm-hmm. Uh it it fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all terrible, but like this past we just recorded this morning, so that's why I like had to do it later in the day because I didn't know when or how long we were gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um but we just recorded this morning and I did not watch them all week because I've just been very busy this week and it was um, board meeting week. So I just didn't have the bandwidth after work and with board meeting and whatever. And so I finally, I watched them this morning before we recorded. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh man, we had a Kelly Pickler one this year, this week, and it was rough. Oh no. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so if you if you want to hear uh, Abby and I talking about um, and critiquing the Hallmark movies, uh, it's called 61 Days of Christmas uh, because they play Hallmark movies for 61 days a year uh, or they play Christmas movies for 61 days of the year. And um, we're doing we're only talking about the new ones for the season. No, we're not watching every all 96 movies. Oh, um, wow. And there's. There would be 40 new movies, but I just realized today that we only have to watch 25 of them because we're only watching the main Hallmark channel. We are not going into Hallmark movies and mysteries because, honestly, those ones get a little Jesus-y. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> we just weren't about that. We want the one where we secularly celebrate Christmas and no one really seems to go to church but still wants you to know the meaning of Christmas. And as far as Hallmark is concerned, that's apparently falling in love. Oh, well, or yeah. capitalism. So um, our third episode is going to go up later today. Awesome. So today is Saturday. Uh, you guys will be hearing this on Monday, so it'll have been posted for two days. Um, yeah, and so I did that today, and it was uh, rough getting through that Kelly Pickler one. But we <laughs> did find from that Kelly Pickler movie, we do now have our Hallmark Bruce Wayne. So oh, really? to go for our DC Hallmark crossover. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, because we decided that, you know, we needed a Hallmark movie where it's, you know, because in every Hallmark movie, there's always the soulless corporate boyfriend Uh who works for the soulless corporate company that wants to take over the, you know, unsustainable business that's (laughs) that they have that seems to only produce Christmas products at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. But somehow somebody decided that that's a business that works and is going to keep it keep this small town afloat on that like sugar cookie business or whatever. <laughs> um, this year we had candy canes <laughs> was one of them. Um, and so far that's been the only real unsustainable business one, but she runs a candy cane factory, which that's all they do is make candy canes. Wow. And uh, that's rough. Um, so we're like, okay, well in this scenario, because we found Hallmark Clark Kent and we're like, okay, so it would be like a super bat movie 
with like uh, where Bruce is the soulless corporate boyfriend, but also the love interest. And he <laughs> has to come to this small town to take over whatever unsustainable Christmas business is there. But then he meets Hallmark Clark Kent and falls in love with him. So it will simultaneously be a DC Hallmark crossover and also their first gay movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then Lex Luthor is the soulless corporation that's trying to destroy them or whatever. Uh, can I throw so, out free skirts? Free skirts as a unsustainable business. Uh, what? Skirts should be the unsustainable skirts. Perfect. Uh, business. Perfect. Hand hand sewn by Martha Kent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. And then they'll fall in love because both of their mom's names are Martha. And then we'll just change the story. And I don't know. Bruce's parents died because a Christmas tree fell on them. <laughs> Joe, and that's why he hates Christmas. Joe <laughs> pushed over. Uh, no, okay. Uh, so a tree. No, it can't be. It can't be a murder in Hallmark Land. So it has to be like an accident. Okay, so, so maybe- it would be. Uh, it would be a faulty tree stand that uh, that broke and the tree fell over on them. Yeah, and it was made by Joe Chill's company. Yes. <laughs> Or Joe Chill was driving a Christmas tree truck full of Christmas trees, and then he skidded on the ice, and the Waynes couldn't stop fast enough and got crushed by all the Christmas trees in the car behind the truck. Hey, you know, you know, uh, we have so, Joe Chill. So many Joe Chill and Jack Frost are very similar names. Hmm. It's true. Hmm. Also, listen. Um, there's. There's a lot of ones where there's a single parent, so he could still be a single dad of five kids. Great. Yeah. <laughs> He's a single dad of five that is a soulless corporate boyfriend who learns the magic of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, like, listen, somebody should call us because we have a lot of great ideas about how to make a DC Hallmark Christmas movie. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I think you know, we've, and- we've got a lot to go off of. Those movies always have meddling townspeople that are trying to get the two main characters together. So that could be the entire Justice League. Yes. We could also include, you know, Alfred and and Commissioner Gordon. Like, there's always cops, but no crime. So, like, you know, he's just friends with the town constable. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. it's It writes itself, is it's, what I'm saying. It's, it's a very easy thing. Yeah. The scripts aren't that deep. On a Hallmark movie, it doesn't need to be that deep for a DC Hallmark movie. I mean, we all saw Batman versus Superman. That script wasn't that deep. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think I think we can get this done. And it's corporate synergy, you know, working DC and Hallmark together. Like it's, truly, truly, it's, it's the capitalist dream. It is. Listen, and then we could do corporate synergy with Disney too. We could write a Marvel one. Absolutely. You know, we got we got Steve and Soulless Corporate Boyfriend Tony. Yeah. Yeah. We've got we've got his we've got Steve's bumbling friends, Sam and Bucky. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We got we got Tony's assistant Pepper who just wants him to take a fucking vacation. Mm-hmm. Writes itself. Yeah. And it's perfect. You can even throw, the- throw Peter in there as just the the right. the the soft uh, small boy who who sells uh, hot cocoa at the ice rink. 
he's just this kid that hangs out with with Tony. He's just like, listen, sometimes the kid isn't even necessarily your kid, the kid of one of the love interests. It's just some kid that hangs out. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. He's just some kid that hangs out with Tony. We don't know why he's here. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't need we don't need answers to that question. Nobody's gonna dig that deeply. No, except for me and Abby. <laughs> <laughs> that would require a podcast entirely about <laughs> dissecting these movies. That doesn't exist. Well, I mean, that's we do kind of dissect them a little bit because I do ask a lot of questions, like how to like about plot holes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was Kelly Pickler's accent uh, <laughs> because she, she's got a real rough accent, and then she's por- apparently from North Carolina. And they, but they, has lived her whole life in this like town in Idaho or Utah or whatever. They're the same place. And um, and then her dad is Patrick Duffy, does not have a Southern accent. So I'm like, I don't understand how you have that Southern of an accent when no one else around you does, and you live in Utah. Like and your dad is Patrick Duffy. Like and your dad is Patrick Duffy with no accent. I'm glad to hear Patrick Duffy's getting work. That's nice. Yeah. More than just being the leg of man bear pig. Yeah. And and uh star of step by step. Yeah. Uh which that that theme song will pop into my head at the most opportune times. Uh well, it's it's just I mean I- there's a lot of a lot of people from the late 90s and or early 2000s have found homes on Hallmark as well. So, mm-hmm. like, that's where that's where the the non-Olsen twins from Full House ended up until Lori Laughlin is going to prison. She was a staple on Hallmark, and then they fired her because she bought her children's way into college and lied about it. And still lies um, about it. And, like... Still lies about it. She's doing great. Um, Whew. Yeah. Well, no, she got fired from like everything. So no, she's I, I know, like, wow. like, uh, like, I only know this because at the hotel where I work, I always see the like People magazine covers and everything like that. And I have seen her face on there so many times just being like, doing great. I, I, I'm not going to jail. I'm not, like, I'm, I'm just not. And Felicity Huffman's like, I did two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I went to jail for two weeks. <laughs> Actually, ten days. She got out early for good behavior, which is just, oh my god, I fucking hate rich people so much. <laughs> White people. It's, it's so infuriating how how that's just okay. That's fine. Uh. Oh God! What what a, what else do you want to talk about? Um, I oh um also uh I'm really upset that like all of these young men, all of the men that I grew up being like you're an attractive man on the TV show that I'm watching are now dads on CW shows. <laughs> <laughs> can't take it anymore like the fucking i accident i like stumbled into watching an episode of nancy drew and like nancy drew has never been my jam so like i'm not super into watching 
Nancy Drew TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it came on after I was watching Riverdale and I was like doing something else. So I was like, yeah, it's fine. It can run in the background. I was writing. And um, fucking Scott Wolf from Party of Five is her dad. And after watching Riverdale, where basically everyone I grew up with is somebody's dad now, mm-hmm. I, just, I just was like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I tweeted it. I think I tweeted a comment about it where I said, you either die a hero or live long enough to see WB heartthrobs become CW dads. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's true. Yeah. Like fucking Chad Michael Murray is a dad is like the evil cult leader dad on that show and then like uh on Riverdale and like fucking Skeet Ulrich is the most unfairly attractive dad ever. Yeah. Um who is now hotter than he was when he was on my wall in in my childhood bedroom. He he definitely um, like he grew in he glowed up. He really he just like he grew into everything about him because he's still noticeably the same person like you can no yeah he just like, really glowed up he just nailed it yeah it's the same it's like he's got the robert downey jr thing where like robert downey jr is like significantly hotter now than he was when he was like a young dude and i know part of that's like drugs <laughs> but also <laughs> but also like you know <laughs> he's just much hotter now <laughs> yes <laughs> I was gonna say it's like facial hair, but like, yeah, drugs too. Drugs too. No, it's not even the facial hair because when he doesn't have the facial hair, he's still he's still like the same person. He's just significantly more attractive than he was when he was younger. Yeah. And you know, he, he he just he just got hotter as he aged, and that's fine. Like, I'm good with that. I just I'm just saying that, like, fuck up fuck off i don't need to have a boner every time fp jones shows up yeah. and then he puts on fucking reading glasses and then i've got to go and i need to pause it for a few minutes and take some private time because the reading glass i don't know what it is about reading glasses but they really rev it up for me <laughs> and i don't know if that's a latent daddy issues thing or <laughs> something about <laughs> wearing reading glasses that really does it for me (laughs) it's just listen i have the same listen this is my problem with everything it's like for some reason reading glasses just really do it for me and like now he's the sheriff and he's wearing reading glasses and i i just he puts on his reading glasses to like look at some fucking homework or something and or read the paper or like i don't fucking know whoever still people still read the paper apparently I just, it fucking does it for me. And like, it, you know, fucking, it started with that. It, it's not just him. It's like any guy who puts on reading glasses in a movie, I'm just immediately like, okay, bye. I've got to go now. Okay, <laughs> I need private time. I have a specific one to ask you about. Okay. Uh, Keith Mars wears some, yes. wears some reading glasses. How do you feel? Yeah. He is instantly more attractive with the reading glasses. Interesting. Like, I'm not su- – like, he's not, like, a hottie to me, but, like, the, the reading glasses do it for me. Like, oh. I'd be like, yeah, all right, Keith, with your reading glasses. <laughs> um, 
like uh fucking the first time the first time I significantly knew that this was a problem for me was in Charlie Bartlett with Robert Downey Jr. when he puts on reading glasses in that movie and that was like before I was fully Robert Downey Jr. obsessed I just liked him yeah and then and then he put on those reading glasses and I went because this is pre-Iron Man so I was just like I just like Robert Downey Jr. and then Iron Man really made me love him because I already loved Iron Man but then I was like, oh, boy, you put on those green glasses and it sure changed the game. It's it, um, I know exactly what you're talking about, because Charlie Bartlett, that's a pretty good movie. It's uh, a really great movie. It's a really great movie. And uh, yeah, when when he put on the, the reading glasses, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But it's also like, and he's I, like he's like a dad. I have, I have. He's not like a dad. He is a dad in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, I have a similar thing in real life. Wear, wearing glasses. If they don't normally wear glasses, they wearing glasses. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why, because like the only thing that it's telling me is she can't see as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right? I don't know why that. <laughs> the weird, yeah. And then... I wear glasses. I can't see very well. I am not sexy. Like, <laughs> right. I wear like I wear contacts most of the time, but like, yeah, I do need a prescription. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the funniest thing about like glasses. Okay, I get it. Like that's <laughs> she can't see as well. Reading glasses specifically mean I am old and can no longer see as well as I used to. And in some cases may may mean that I am also wearing two kinds of corrective lenses. I may have contacts in for my far distance, but now I also need something for my near distance. Which is why they're acting. And I don't know why specifically being like, hey, guess what? I'm old and can't read good anymore unless I have an additional corrective lens on really does it for me. Uh, Um, It's a sign of maturity. No, because it did it for me when I was younger, too. No, I mean their maturity. Oh, yeah, their maturity. It's got to be like some sort of latent daddy issue or something. I think so. I think so. Um, The... The other one, and I know you won't like this one, but in the Osborne comic, when he's in the when he's in prison, and then there's something about then he puts on those reading glasses when he's like sitting there talking to the priest, and Mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh fuck, here we go, (laughs) especially with Emma Rios's art. (laughs) Yeah, just it's just like oh boy, (laughs) and that I think was the tipping point with my weird Norman Osborne crush. Is that then the reading glasses showed up and I went, I gotta go. I gotta close this book and take a minute. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> I know. I know you did. I told you you weren't going to like that one, but it's just yeah. another example of my problem. Hey, so, yeah. yeah, as soon as you add reading glasses, I don't know what it is. It just fucks me up. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that puts reading glasses at number three on the. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just anyone plus reading glasses. And it's not specific to men, men or women. Like men or women. um whenever fucking Meryl Streep puts on reading glasses in a movie, we're done. We're Double out. Wears I'm out of here. Double wears Double Wears Prada. Prada. Yep. 
her like that that famous gif of her just saying like groundbreaking and she has yep. the the reading gl- glasses it's like yes yes <laughs> absolutely yep. um okay uh should we should we get to it we're at about 45 minutes yeah probably because i don't know how much more deeply we want to get into the weird psyche of sexuality here <laughs> look we're going to be changing the podcast. We don't necessarily have a theme. That might be a thing that comes up. Is is just the weird psyche of our sexuality and what we find attractive. I do have to share one more thing with you, though, because it's on topic of what we were talking about last night with Titans, without any spoilers for Titans, because I know a lot of people probably haven't, aren't caught up or might not be as caught up. Mm -hmm. Um, But I watched it, I watched it on Friday morning on my way to work. And you have to understand that when I go to work, it, I, am, I take a bus that goes all the way down LaSalle because I work across the street from the Sears Tower. Mm-hmm. So my bus go, is an express bus that once it gets off Lakeshore Drive goes down LaSalle till you can't go down LaSalle anymore, which is mm-hmm. the Board of Trade building or as most people not from Chicago would know it, Wayne Enterprises building. <laughs> Yes, because it is both the Wayne Enterprises building in the Nolan movies. Uh, mm-hmm. It is the Wayne Enterprises building. Enterprises building, I think, in at least one of the Snyder movies, mm-hmm. and it is um, it is still the Wayne Enterprises building in Batwoman. So, yeah. in any context that you have watched recent Bat media, that's Wayne Enterprises, and um, so I am always like watching Titans, and then like. As I'm barreling towards the the Wayne building in a bus, it always just has me like in a little bit of a weird headspace, like oh, fuck Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like talking about it with with Caitlin about how it's like uh, it's just you know as you're like approaching your dad's building, and then it's just like fuck Batman. And then it's like, and then she's like, you just whisper to yourself on the bus, fuck Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, and then sometimes it's weirder when I'm alone and it's just because sometimes I'm the last person on the bus that does that takes the turn off onto Adams. And so it'll be like just me and the bus driver and I'm just sitting there like, fuck Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, it's, it's weird when you're alone. And I said, yeah, because then this poor bus driver's just like, man, I'm just trying to do my job. And then this one is it's not even 10 a.m. And then this one back here wants to fuck Batman. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I don't want to fuck. Not like that, but also like kind of. But kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> not explicitly like that but maybe not like explicitly that. like that but i wouldn't say no that's not what this is about <laughs> anyway it's not that's not the point the point is <laughs> i feel like you're getting lost in the weeds about yeah. this whole fuck batman thing <laughs> but yeah it was so it's just a funny conversation about that about the it. fuck batman and how it's like it's quite the headspace mm-hmm. to be in when you're to watch Titans as you approach Wayne Enterprises. Well, I don't. I don't um, considering in Chicago and not have that Gotham vibe. Just kind of no, you can't. You know? Yeah, like specific parts of the the city. Like there's there's other parts of the city where you go and you're like, this ain't Gotham. This 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 yeah. is this is weird. 
but like for the most part within the city, you you're just feeling that vibe a lot. Uh, so it makes yeah. sense. For sure. Um, I will say that, like, I don't know if you've watched any of Batwoman, but they do a really good job of, like, using a lot of just downtown. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, like, here's some shots. It's, like, they're, like, walking down the river walk. And, like, do like multiple times have I seen people on the river, them shoot scenes on the river walk. And then I was watching it. And I was, like, oh, I know where that is. Actually like, oh, you're outside using, of London House. Actually using I, the scenery. I will say, though, it was... They don't, it's not the same building in the show as it is in real life, but it has become significantly harder for me to root for Kate knowing that she lives at the top of Trump Tower. But it's not Trump Tower in the show. It's not Trump Tower in the show, but I know that it's Trump Tower in life. So (laughs) that bothers me because I live in Gotham and I know that that building says Trump on the side of it. And if they're filming, actually filming in the building, that means Trump is getting money from it. That's bad. Yeah. So it's making me, it's, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of on Alice's side. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I get it. Yeah. Also, fu- also eat the rich. So. Yes. I don't know. Always. All right. That's okay. all I have to say. So we've got we've got five spots to fill. And five. I like. I don't even like five people. <laughs> I know. Um, That's true. I like at least five people. Let's see, we've got, yeah, 96, 97, 98, 99, 100. Oh, you can count. I can. Um, so we, uh, we took some time off, and in that time, I actually had to uh, start watching a new show just to have a new ship. Um, you watched a new show? I did. I did. I watched I'm all of shocked. it. I am. I am caught up with it. Uh, what? And, and not only did it give me a new ship, uh, it gave me one of my favorite ships. And oh, I was Shira. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Shira. Uh, I was not expecting that when I went into the show. I also wasn't expecting. Like I was expecting to enjoy it, but I wasn't a- expecting to have the viscerally emotional reaction that I've had on multiple occasions uh, where it is dealing with uh, really heavy topics about like child abuse and morality and war and just all these, all these different things, but it's doing it through a lens where it's like, there's also princesses and there's also like a flying unicorn that has rainbow wings like you can do both and they're doing it in such an amazing way and exactly uh i i love this show because it is uh starts off you know kind of like avatar it starts off you know kind of but because it's and the seasons are shorter they just kind of quick and they they get straight to the meat and potatoes of of really delving into these characters and their relationships and how uh they interact 
And in the past, uh, I guess, year and a half, they've done four seasons. But there's only 26 episodes. So, like, think about how four episodes or four seasons of character development normally like you you feel how much they grow but it's like 26 episodes every single season so you kind of get bogged down in it and you kind of lose what really matters in it they just cut out all the filler uh so it's it's just incredible and in this show the relationship between adora and katra has done something that I never expected. And that is, it has gotten me on board with a redemption arc. uh, And I'm mad about it. (laughs) I'm super (laughs) mad about it because, because I can just hear all of the, all the Raylo stands just being like, I thought you didn't like, you know, redemption arcs. And I thought if you're a villain. Okay. 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 But like, let's, let's, let's slow it down here a little bit because there's no way that a character that you actually enjoy who deserve that you think now deserves a redemption arc could be as significantly bad as <laughs> Kylo Ren. Like, <laughs> it's not even just that it's a, like, it, I'm not even saying on the level of like villain bad. I'm saying just a bad character <laughs> all around. Yeah. Like, I, I can't imagine that any character that you're going to come on this podcast and say, I like this character enough to want them to have a redemption arc mm-hmm. is going to be anywhere close to how terrible of a character Kylo Ren is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's the thing. Uh, so a little bit of uh, background uh, for anybody who hasn't watched She-Ra. Uh, Adora Me. and Katra are uh, brought to the Horde both as young kids and they are raised to believe that the horde is right and that the princesses are evil and that they have to fight the princesses in order to reclaim their quote unquote homeland. And so you have these two characters who from a very young age, they're, they're attached to each other and they act as kind of a, a security against the awful shit they're being put through because both of them endure a lot of abuse from the Horde, both from Hordak, who is the leader, and uh, Shadow Weaver, who is their like surrogate mother, essentially. And the way that they are abused is in completely different ways. <coughs> that affects how they view themselves as they grow up and how they interact with other people. So like Adora is constantly fond over because she's very powerful, but she is always told that like it is all on her. She is the only one who is responsible. She is the only one who can do this. So she has this complex of, I have to be useful. I have to, I have to do something in order to help, you know, accomplish it because I'm the only one who can. So that's how she takes it. Whereas Katra is dealing with a lot of abandonment issues and psychological (coughs) uh, child abuse where she starts to act out and she kind of pushes people away. 
which is hard for her because she has pretty severe abandonment issues. And that stems from as a child where she was like thrown into solitary confinement and, and kept away from people. And so you have this point, the dream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have this point where Dora learns the truth and uh, back to Katra and says, come with me. Like you don't have to stay here. We've been lied to and we, we need to get out of here. And Katra still you know, suffering from that abuse is like, I can't leave the only thing that I've ever known. You've been gone for a day and all of a sudden you want to throw everything that we've built together away. And like, that's where they separate and they go through the next few seasons as antagonists (laughs) where they're just kind of always getting in each other's way for what they believe is right and there's just this this incredible draw between them uh that makes them a a pairing that i really really care about and i'm like i'm not going to get into spoilers because catra you know does some stuff but like and season four just came out like a week ago uh so like i don't know if i can watch it uh but you see like katra goes down this really deep dark spiral and i can see that redemption and i'm like she's at rock bottom now is the point where she can rebuild and it has me talking about redemption arcs and i'm pissed off about it because it was it was the thing that always made me roll my eyes whenever people would talk about villains and just be like, oh, redemption arc, redemption arc. Like, oh, this is where where they get to make a comeback and and be a good person again. And I never saw it until this fucking show and Catradora. And I I just I love this show. It's so good and it makes me cry a lot uh, because it's beautiful. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. All right. I, I don't, I've not seen it, so I don't have any, anything to contribute. Did you, did you ever watch the old She-Ra cartoon? Not, I mean, not enough to remember it. Yeah. That's kind of where I came from it, uh, on it, uh, which is weird because I've heard so many people our age who are like, oh yeah, I loved the old She-Ra and that's why I was in for the new one. I came I came at this new show with basically no uh prior information. Um I knew like I knew of Shira and I had like a she I like play I, I had a friend who had a, a Castle Grayskull mm-hmm. playset and we would play with Shira and He Man on the playset. Yeah, um, I knew her from the crossover with He Man. Basically. Yeah, and I mean, like, but I didn't also, I also didn't know He-Man all that well either. Like, uh-huh. I know of He-Man. I've seen, like, a handful of episodes. Um, I I will admit there was a good period of time where I thought He-Man and uh, Thundercats was the same thing. Um, <laughs> because they were just, for some reason, like, because I was so young, and then they were also on concurrently at, like, wherever I was watching them. 
So yeah. it'd be like, oh, it's like He-Man and then and then Thundercats. And I didn't really watch either of them enough to like have a connection to them. So it's like there were times where I definitely would think like one would just roll right into the other. And so I would just be like, this is the same show, right? <laughs> so yeah. even though they are completely different shows yeah. <laughs> made by yeah. different people. They're not the same universe at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> one of them is entirely cat people. <laughs> like, yeah. It is basically the musical cats, but cooler. Um, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. But I just, yeah, I, it's, you know, I'm, I hear lovely things about it and it's something that I'm sure I would enjoy. I just, I do not care for the animation style. I just, I don't like it when things are not well defined and things just kind of look like amorphous blobs sometimes. And I just, it is not my, it is not my cup of tea. I need like more defined clean lines and rather than just drawing a big blob of hair, like I want defined strands of hair and things like that. So it's just not my, not my jam. I can't, it's aesthetically unpleasing to me, Mm. but I hear, I hear it's lovely and I hear great things about it. So I don't have a hard line of hating it. I just, I can't watch it. It will make me nauseous. So. Fair enough. Uh, Okay. So, so here's where I'm going to put it. Um, I'm going to put it right above uh, MCU uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye. uh, Right. But below Big Barda and Wonder Woman. All right. I trust your judgment. That, I have no uh, strong opinion for or against. Yeah, but like think about think about how how good it would have to be for me to say, yeah, that's that's in the top twenty-five for me. Like that's oh man. No, I believe you. I I believe you. I just have I just don't have anything to contribute. Yeah. Okay, who do you have? Nothing. Nothing? I don't have anything. We've exhausted my ships, man. I don't have any other ships. Think think outside of your own. Think think of just ships that are out there that we can talk about. We just need four more and then we're done with the list forever. I genuinely do not know any. All right. We're talking about Homer and Marge. Uh, Do... Why? Because we've we've got four more. <laughs> <laughs> we've got four more. Don't. I, I need you to get out of this. This. I. Don't. I came to the show with one that I really cared about, and I got it on the list. <laughs> I didn't. I gave multiple. I just don't have a lot of ships in general. Like. I'm, I'm not. But we're not talking about personal anymore. We got. We got. We got out of that. Like we're just. We're just in it. Uh, talking about like four more and then we close the book forever. Okay. Uh, we're not doing Homer and Marge. <laughs> I, that's like the, I don't want to talk about the sexuality of the Simpsons. Like, there's nothing less. Like, ugh, I don't want to vomit later. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Let me just think about something for a second. We can fill this space with sadness i don't know uh well um while you're thinking i'll just talk about uh oh oh, 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 go oh. Ahead. eleanor and chidi what eleanor eleanor and chidi fantastic all right talk to me 
Um, they're adorable, and like I will try to do this without spoilers because the new episode really was like uh, tough. Um, but like it's just it's a good ship because they're vastly different people that find common ground in trying to do one task and mm. like trying to save the world lets them kind of put what the Whoa. fuck there was a ghost in my house that just happened <laughs> out of nowhere i just had a plate fall out of nowhere yikes um well hey ghost what's up but they're like they're very precious and it's not something that's an immediate like they don't immediately fall in love it takes time for them to like grow on each other and like it isn't a a traditional relationship and they're both dead so nothing can really come of it mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, uh, they're just you know he makes her a better person and he makes her want to be a better person and i think in any relationship that's a key component whether it's for you know not ending the world or ending the universe or just in general like the when your partner brings out the best version of you, like that's always, that's a good relationship. And Uh I think that's a good, a good connection, especially in a Kristen, Kristen Bell romance, (laughs) like Kristen Bell character romance. Like let's be real. Uh, Logan doesn't bring out the best of Veronica and Veronica does not bring out the best of Logan. No, (laughs) no, they do not. Um, So yeah, it's just, and especially what a trash bag Eleanor starts out being to mm-hmm. how much she has grown as a person. Absolutely. And a lot of that has not necessarily been because of Chidi, but it's been her wanting to be better. And part of her, a majority of her reasoning for wanting to be better was so that she could be a better person with Chidi. And like, and Chidi's just so delightful and attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's it's interesting that they didn't like love each other right away when they are introduced to each other as soulmates. Right, they're introduced as soulmates and cannot stand each other. And he's like, "Wow, this is really a test." Like, yeah. they, like whatever's happening here in the good place before they know it's not the good place. Spoilers: If you haven't seen the first three seasons of the Good Place, they're not in the good place. Even even this the is first the bad place. Season. Like that is that is a first season spoiler. That's a first season spoiler. They are in the bad place, yes. and um, that just the fact that like it is a difficult it is difficult for them to even like each other because they are such opposite kinds of people that the fact that they have grown now to genuinely really love each other and like the choices that they have made for each other has been it's been really a beautiful growth and a really it's allowed the characters to grow as people, but also grow together in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very sweet. And awesome. I really like them. Um, as far as where I would rank them though, I have no idea. Yeah. I know you don't have the list open. Um, would you say like pretty high? I mean, I feel like I would high, put it higher than any of Veronica's <laughs> because it's the other Kristen Bell that we have yeah. on the list. Okay, Anywho. so so the highest Veronica Mars uh, ship that we have is Veronica and Leo. Uh, that's at number 16. Yeah, I would put it above Veronica and Leo. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, right above Veronica and Leo is uh, Babs and Dinah. I feel like right in between there is perfect. Yeah. So below Babs and Dinah, but above Veronica and Leo. That's really fantastic company to be in. Right? <laughs> that's uh, that's that's great. <laughs> great area. Eleanor. Shellstrop. Cheedy. Oh man. You can just put Cheedy. I did not expect you to know how to spell his last name. <laughs> We're the only ones that see the list anyway, and the list isn't gonna matter in a, well, at the I end of this episode. It, I spelled it just to just to see if I could do it. And now I'm checking. Okay. Uh so I spelled it A N A G O N Y E. And the actual spelling is, uh, it did not come up. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, well, you probably have to Google that. Because it's not going to be in spell check. Oh, my God. I got it. <laughs> nice. Got it. Well <laughs> done. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Number 16, Eleanor and Cheedy from The Good Place. They are good eggs they are good eggs um okay let's see so since we're we're coming down to it um i'm just gonna throw this one out there to put it on the list I don't have a lot to say about it other than it's very nice and I, I think it's cute. Uh, and it's from another show that you don't watch because it is uh, abhorrent to your eyes. Uh, aesthetically unple- it's aesthetically unpleasing. Uh, from, from Adventure Time, uh, it's Princess Bubblegum and uh, Marceline the Vampire Queen. And I love okay. them because they are the perfect... Uh, distillation of opposites attracting where you have a cute princess made out of bubblegum and who absolutely loves science and is invested in taking care of her kingdom and everything like that. On the other end, you have a multi-thousand year old uh, vampire who is the last person who remembers what the world was like before the apocalypse happened. She's a vampire and she plays her bass and she uh, relishes in people's pain and they come together and they're adorable together. And I love them. Uh, So yeah, that's it. Um, Okay. And because I think that they're, uh, relationship is less contentious than uh, Adora and Katra I, I'm going to just put them right above Adora and Katra ding Princess Bubblegum and Marceline while you were talking about that I was li- I was looking at my Facebook memories and uh, today is the anniversary of when I started calling Tommy Elliot, Tommy Elliot Powerbottom. Oh, no. 
Oh, no. That was certainly a day. It's uh, a historic day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, um, it also is uh, the day I changed my Facebook icon to be Dick's internal screaming face from the issue of Batman when they all when the kids found out that Bruce was engaged to Selena. <laughs> <laughs> and like the, they do like just a full shot of all of the boys sitting there and Dick's face is just like, don't scream out loud. Don't do it out loud. Mm-mm. Don't do it. Yeah. Just got to push it down. Just, gotta... <laughs> just, you just push it down all the way down until it sits right about here and then uh-huh. one day eventually you'll die. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, okay. Who else can we talk also, about? Also, one more. There is a picture yeah. of uh, it's a Thor. It's from the first Thor movie and it's Thor and Jane and like when he kisses her hand and they're like um, and it says oh Thor, your hand's so big. I love a man with hands. And then the bottom <laughs> picture is Anakin crying. <laughs> oh. I love a man with hands. I I I am always down for some Duncan on Anakin. <laughs> I I uh, bring that shit down. Uh, it's true. Love it. Love it. Okay. Um, I love a man with hands. So, that means... It's my turn again. We got two more. We got I, two more. I just want to die. I'm even taking three. <laughs> so you, you don't have Did to... Did I up. put... Do we talk about... Have we put Jason and Roy on the list yet? Let me check. Uh, we have no Jason. Okay, let's talk about Jason and Roy because um, they're pretty gay and I'm into it. And that's yeah. about all I have to say about it. But like, you know, I'm kind of into... I some, For some reason, because I had to... I like was writing my... Pro, I'm like working on my like project, my Rick Fix It project. And I had to write an issue or I had to write an... I had to write the chapter with Jason and that was difficult for me because we know how I feel about Jason Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden the internet like the algorithms on my social medias have decided that I love Jason and so I've been getting a lot of like random pictures of like Jason and Roy ship and I'm like I'm into this you know, it's nice that Roy is happy. Somebody mm-hmm. should be nice to Roy. He's had a rough mm-hmm. time. And I yeah. like Roy, you know. I, he's one of my gingers. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah. they're interesting as a pairing because they are both disasters, uh, just on different uh, scales. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they want to make each other's disaster easier. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Roy is pretty well equipped and like has taken pretty good care of himself in the last few years and has like tried to get his shit together. He's definitely founded uh, since being in an alley and swinging around a dead cat. 
Right. Like, I think he's, you know, rehab has worked out really well for him and he is well adjusted. And, you know, he was using the the sanctuary from Heroes in Crisis, which in theory was a good idea um, to his advantage and like really using it to like work on himself. And I think he took some of that to like help out Jason and be like, hey, you don't have to be such a disaster but Jason's Jason, so, like, he's still going to be a disaster. And I've said this to you before, but, like, the Venn diagram of, like, Jason Todd and Jason Mendoza is ever widening mm-hmm. to the point where it'll just be one circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because some of the things that Jason Mendoza says, I'm just like, I can see Jason Todd saying that. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I just think that they balance each other really well, and I think it it's... I, it's nice to have for both of them to kind of like have a good like ride or die friend and I think partially on Roy's end but also partially on the fault of the rest of the Titans is that he kind of they, he kind of distances himself in a way with them where like he just fights them so much that eventually at some point they're just like I can't anymore <laughs> like, mm-hmm. okay <laughs> like and that's a lot of I think his relationship with Dick and how like they're not as close as they used to be because it's been so much of like there's been so much pushing and pushing that finally Dick's like all right I just okay I I have enough of that with my own family I don't need to deal with it with you too I'll just go hang out with Wally um so I just like that they have you know they've kind of become a ride or die for each other and like the issue after Roy dies um, of Red Hood where like Jason finds out that Roy died and like Bruce comes to tell him it's just like a very like it's just very upsetting and like he takes it really hard because I think that was the first time Jason really had a friend and if you like it, it is not a hard leap from them to be for them to be like romantically involved and a lot of people are a fan of the thruple as well with Corey, but I don't really like the way that Scott Lobdell treats Corey. So I don't really want to include her in that. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I made myself cry a little bit thinking about Jason being sad about Roy. Motherfucker. What happened to me? Yeah, you've become a softie. About Jason. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, I think Jason and, and Roy are a really good couple, and I think DC is cowards for not letting them just take that romance to a romance. Yeah, as uh, as Jake Gyllenhaal would say, it's not a bromance; it's a full-on romance. Uh, here, vamp about something. I gotta check my front door. Vamp about something, eh? Um. What talk about? So there I was, <laughs> covered in motor oil, and she walks in with a car battery and some jumper cables, and nothing happened because that's kind of the end. It's supposed to be a non sequitur. I thought he would be quicker than that. So, um, really into white cheddar cheese. It's right now. Um, that's pretty good. I also really like a good cinnamon and pecan Danish. If you're ever so inclined to get one of those. 
Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. Cool. I talked about Cheez-Its and Danishes. Oh, good. Because <laughs> uh, I was just looking around my apartment going, what are things that are in the direct vicinity? <laughs> uh, yeah, I tried to make that quick. My uh, neighbor was uh, banging on my door, seeing if she could buy a cigarette. Uh, so that was weird. Yeah. Uh, as if we don't live a block away from the gas station, go buy your own cigarettes. Get out of here. I thought you quit. Uh, well, the shit has happened. Um, but I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna be back to quitting soon enough. It's just things happen. Uh, Any hoozle. Oh God. Uh, so where do you want to put Jason and Roy on the list? Um, I don't know. I feel like top 25, uh, top, top 25, 25 works for me. Yeah. Cause uh, man, neither of them really have it like a good solid ship. Right. Like, I mean, Jay, I can't think of anybody else that I would put Jason with unless you're like an incestor and want to do it with his brothers. And that's gross. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Um, and I feel like we need one Jason Todd entry on there. Yeah. And that is the Jason Todd entry. Because you could also do Corey, but I, again, I just don't like the way she was written. So I just really, really need somebody else to be able to go for bat, to bat for that. And also my inner Dick Grayson is like, that's my fucking ex-girl, ex-girlfriend. I almost married her hands off. So, so I think... I think top 25 is a little too high for me. Um, I think my ceiling. So we do have one Roy ship on here. uh, And that's Roy and Donna. And they're at 34. I still think it's higher than that. And I think one of your, at least one of yours got to be top 25. Well, they are both out of the top 25 already. Okay. Uh, they're 26 and 27. Fine. Top uh, 30. So number 30 is Ariel and Prince Eric. Fine. Put it above that. Okay. That's a. <laughs> that puts it above. That was Stephen just, Buffy. that was just the first man she saw. <laughs> That 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 puts them above Stephen Bucky and Han. That's fine. I still think it's above. It, it is above both of those because Jason doesn't really have any other ships. Okay. Okay. Well, Han and Luke both have somebody else waiting in the wings. Maybe there's a maybe there's a reason why Jason doesn't have any other. You ships. You know what? Jason deserves love too. Does he? What has happened to me now? Yeah, you you were a, you're a different person. J- <laughs> uh, Jason and Rose are hooking up on Titans, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Mm. Mostly just because I feel like she can do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm titling their ship "All Red Everything." Yeah, perfect, <laughs> perfect. Okay. And now we come down to it. And I have to last. pick the last one. 
Uno mas. <sighs> Man. We can do it together. Yeah. We can put our heads together and pick it together. The last one we'll ever rank. I feel like there's got to be another lesbian couple that we that we haven't put on the list. Um I don't know. My friend has been making a real strong case for Janet Von Dyne and and Bobby Morse. Okay. Okay. They're apparently work wives now. They both work with uh, uh, Nadia's little little uh, science team, mm-hmm. and, and apparently they're they're quite adorable besties. I don't. Which they that. were besties. They were besties before, and like oh. they both they've both fucked Clint, so they can swap stories about how small his penis is. Yeah, and Jan knows small from small. Boy, she does. <laughs> and honestly, Janet Von Dyne and anybody but her shitty fucking husband. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Bobby and anyone other than her shitty husband for that matter. It's it's really true. I mean, I love Clint, but like he's not a good husband. There's a reason his best ship and the best ship on the list is Clint is with him and pizza. Because yep. it's the one thing he can't fuck up. It's true. Because he doesn't even have to make his own pizza. He can just get it from somewhere. Exactly. Um, yeah. That. Uh, the only feel- thing that Clint loves more loves about on par with pizza would be arrows. Because gosh, he loves arrows. He loves arrows. And he's great <laughs> at boats. Um, so with, with Jan and Bobby... I really would love a uh, story between the two of them that's like Thelma and Louise, where it's like they they break away. Do you want them to die at the end? No, no, (laughs) no, because Jan can fly. So like Jan's like, don't even sweat. Don't even sweat. Like, got us. We're fine. Um, But I want them to just like go on the road together and like just be like we're both breaking away from these shitty people who we had these awful relationships with we're just two ladies doing it for themselves like just out there on the road uh i'd be into that i think that's super cool yeah i'm into that great yeah perfect I think uh, they both deserve wildly better than what they were given. Uh-huh. Also, like, my friend and I have been talking about it because she RPs Jan. And, like, we've been talking, uh, and sh- like, <laughs> about how weirdly um, Steve does a lot of cock blocking of Jan. Like, he does not let anyone date Jan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is weird because, like, he has not dated Jan in 616. Yeah. And yet it's weird, like... He got mad at Tony for dating her, but also it was a little bad form because it was like immediately after her and Hank broke up. And then 
And it was more, they broke up more about the fact that, like, she, he was like, by the way, I'm also Iron Man. She's like, I don't want to date another super, uh, like, I don't want to date another Avenger right now. Also, Hank's like your friend. That's weird. Um, then she, like, dated Clint for a while before he married Bobby. Uh huh. So that's also fucking gross. And, like, both, t- and both of those times, Steve has been like, no, don't, don't stop it. Stop, leave Jan alone. Like, Steve, back off, okay? <laughs> like, no one needs your opinion on everybody else's love life. We get that you had a boner for Tony, and that's probably why you didn't want them to date. Yeah. But also, what is, leave her alone. Let her, if she wants to sleep with Clint just to get that shitty husband out of her system, let her do it, man. I guess let her do it. I don't know. I mean, I don't care. Like, listen, I'm not pro-dating Clint. But I am pro Steve minding his own goddamn business. <laughs> yes, I I can I can understand that absolutely. Yeah, so like just let her if she wants to make poor choices in men she wants to see anything is an upgrade from her husband. So like just let her live. Mm-hmm. Like fuck off, Steve. It's not your business. Yeah. Go get your own dick wet. <laughs> <laughs> Where's where's Shannon? Like, yeah, where's where's Shannon? Like you gotta you gotta busy yourself, man. Right. Uh, Go yeah. fuck Shannon and then work. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh Jan and Tony are at thirty-seven. Uh, and right above them is uh, Babs and Kara. Uh, and then above them is Roy and Donna. So that's kind of that's kind of the area that I'm thinking. Do you think higher than that? Lower than that? I don't care. Whatever feels good. I'm fine with okay. any of those spots. Whatever makes you happy. Whatever fills your little lesbian <laughs> heart with glee. All right. Uh, okay. Then I am. I'm gonna put it right, right in between Tony and Jan and Babs and Kara. Think cool. That's a good spot for it. That's the new number thirty-seven, as it shall always remain. As I etch the final letters into the statue uh, that is the shipping manifest, we have Jan Van R.I.P. and Bobby Morse. R.I.P. Shipping manifest. You lasted a year. We got a year out of it. We did. We got a year out of it. It was the, our year yeah. anniversary is yesterday. Um, so, but that's okay. We're not going away. Yeah, we're just changing we're, format. We're... So you can this the five people that listen to us can still listen to us. Exactly. Just we're just we're just doing something where we're not as restricted, uh, and we don't have to bring as much to it. Uh, just you know. An hour and a half of us talking about whatever we feel like talking about, yeah. and then calling it a day. Oh, all right. That is 100 ships. 
and just just for look at that posterity let's just hit the the top five and the bottom five as it stands so okay clinton Clinton Pizza. pizza number one forever it's the best uh number two do you do you remember what number two is you know that's that I Lois know. and Clark. Yeah, that is fair. I mean, to be fair, I don't remember <laughs> most things. Number three is Scott Free and Barda Free, Mister Miracle Barda. Hell, Hell yeah! yeah. Hell yeah! All right. And then right below them at number four is Han Solo and Princess Leia, also known as General Organa. Also known as Space Mom, also known as the best. Uh, I mean, I feel like you're you're projecting Carrie Fisher a little bit onto the character. Uh, tell Leia. me that she doesn't become straight up Space Mom in the new sequels. I mean, I really don't remember much of the new movies, to be honest. All right, uh, Luke and Jessica, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are number five. So that runs out. Yeah. All about that butt set. Uh, interesting little note: the uh, the ship that we started the whole list off with at number one, Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson. That's number six. That ended up at, at number six from the from where. Yeah. We Bumped out of that top five. I didn't didn't expect it. But you know what? To be honest, though, going down only to number six after after putting 99 other ships on there, not bad for the first first ship. We did an entire episode on them. Could have done more episodes Uh just on them. And uh, yeah, that's not a bad showing. So kudos. Top six is not bad. The worst of the worst. So, number 96 is Barbara Gordon and Bruce Wayne. Uh, yeah. So I think Dabs might have the uh, the widest spread from the highest ranked to the lowest ranked of anyone. Um, true. Is are any of her other ones a, no, a six and a six? Because then she's also got the Mark of the Beast, baby. Uh, let me see. That's just a for me. That doesn't necessarily yeah. need to be on the Um. Well, Dick and Corey is 56. Yeah, but that doesn't involve that. Uh, Dick, and, Dick and... Unless you want it to, we can Dick talk Dick and about Bruce is 46. You've got the mark of the beast, baby. But also, hey! Barbara Gordon and Kara, 36. We both got it. <laughs> we both do. Uh, so we're that both makes the sense. Uh, so, 97, Danny Zuko and Sandy Olsen from Greece. It's rape it's and rape. it's awful and it's the worst and it's awful. Um, below them, the Joker and Harley Quinn. Oh, oh. oh also, when, when am I gonna find my Mister J? Oh, you know, never. <laughs> I do God, too. I I'll, never. I'll just die. 
I'll just be dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Enjoy mm. your wheelchair, I guess. And then below them, even worse than the Joker and Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. You can you do can worse, do you say. Worse. You can do Slade, Wilson, and Tara Markov. Oh, you sure can, because that worst. is what? It's what? It's it's pedophilia. And what else is it? It's rape. It's pedophilia. That's it. That's it. That's all it needs to be. It's, is it's pedophilia. It's bad on every level. It's just. I don't think it's. I don't think it's rape. Yeah. It's like statutory rape, but like. Right. She's. Cons- it's consensual. But it is statutory. Yeah. It is statutory rape, mm-hmm. which again, pedophilia. And even though. Even though yeah, but... I gave that ship the title of the worst, <laughs> it is not. Listen, I will say, um, Slade, pedophile, awful, um, garbage. But man, if he put oh, on some no. reading glasses. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He, they wouldn't even, he'd need like one, he'd like monocle. need a reading monocle, and monocles reading are just monocle. not attractive. <laughs> And, and he turns into fucking Mr. Kinnett or some shit. <laughs> the Monopoly man doesn't have a monocle. Yeah, he, he does, does not. He? I'm going to Google that. You know what you're going to get? Google you're gonna it. Get a bunch of Mandela effect d- articles. About, well, I'm Mandela what? effect. It's, it's like the Berenstein Bears universe. Everybody has this oh. this uh, belief. He does. He does have a fucking monocle. There are two different ver. Oh, there is two different versions. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck this. I'm not. I'm not going into this. At one point, he had a monocle, and then they changed it. Anyway, what's the so? What's our last one? Well, it is the one that is so bad, it led to the creation of a a term that is used in criticism to this day. Oh, yeah. Kyle Kyle Rayner and Alex DeWitt, a.k.a. Green and What's in Your Fridge. Uh, Yeah. What is in your fridge, she Kyle? Girlfriend. It's your girlfriend. You're yeah. dead. She got strapped in there. Hope you didn't get too used to her. Um, yeah. Nope. Uh, the reader sure didn't since she lasted exactly. two issues. And, and uh, then she came right. back in Blackest Nights Ugh, as a Black why? Lantern still why? in the refrigerator. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Why? Why? <laughs> Wrong. Don't no, it was awful. Don't do Fuck Jeff. Jeff. That's what you get when you put somebody Geoff. named Jeff in charge. Geoff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He doesn't even spell his name right. Him and Loeb. Come on, yeah, guys. It's Jeff Loeb. <laughs> it's not even. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, what are you doing coming in here with a PH? <laughs> 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 yeah, it's Geoff and. It's a lot. 
it's a lot. It's too much. It's, it's way too much. Jeff, come on. Good lord. That's what happens when you put Jeff's yeah. in charge. My, My name, name is Jeff. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, for the show? Who knows? Maybe not. It sounds like a lot of work. Um, but in- What sounds like a lot of work? It, changing it the name of the second. show? It's not actually that hard. <laughs> I mean, like, coming up with another name. The actual... Oh. Well, I act. think it kind of just depends on what yeah. we end up doing. Well, for right now... You just call it the shit we show. We can't do that. Apple won't allow us. Uh, We've already on Apple, though, so if we just change us. it, it won't matter. I got I got, I got the call from, from Tim Cook and uh, Jeff Apple. Uh, Jeff Apple. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's a guy that works uh-huh. there named he, Jeff Apple. He's it's in another charge of some podcasts. Uh, Jeff Apple. Jeff yeah. Apple. I don't. Uh-huh. I don't know. Just like, uh, just like Mark Zuckerberg's brother Jeff Zuckerberg. Does he really have a brother named Jeff Zuckerberg? No, I just made that up because oh. you made up Jeff Apple. Well, his name would be Jeff Facebook. No, because it's run because Mark Zuckerberg. I said it was Mark Zuckerberg's right, but it's not, brother. It's not face. Apple could be somebody's last. Really, could be somebody's so last could name. Facebook. Though. Yeah. No, it couldn't. Nobody's. Name I can is guarantee you, somebody has changed their name to Facebook. Would their name? Well, yeah, but they've changed their name to Facebook and made it a choice. Nobody was born like. Nobody was descended from Vikings named Facebook. Well, I mean, there's somebody who is named uh, Spaceman, Dan Spaceman. Again, made made up. But it's pronounced Spachemin. <laughs> That's not a real person. He's a car- he's a made up character so- from Dirty Rock. And it's Leo. I think it's Leo Spaceman, isn't seen... it? Chemin. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. But did you have you seen? There's a new um, the Allstate commercials with Mayhem that have um, Dean Winters in them, where he plays the Mayhem uh, I'm, uh, yeah, character. I'm familiar. It's, it's yeah. So there's a new one where he's a dog in a car driving. Uh, like bothering the driver of the car, like with kisses and like licking it, the driver or whatever. And the driver. Oh my God. Really? And I was like, what a great reunion (laughs) with Dennis. (laughs) Dennis has a dog collar on and is pretending to be a dog licking your face while you're driving. (laughs) And she said, and I just, it sticks out to me. And I remember it. I looked up at it. Because I, I saw it was a Mayhem commercial, and then I saw him talk, and then I heard her voice say, gross, I saw you eating your own poop earlier. And I went, Tina Fey? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, would, I would really, really like if he just said, I'm going to put my hands on your wheel now, dummy. 
and it's just <laughs> well he was pretending to be a well, dog, dog so call her it wouldn't have worked dogs don't dogs don't talk man talk no but not I two know. people unless he... he's another person we're as the the people the people can't hear mayhem talk. He's this, breaking this, the fourth I, wall. I don't I don't think we're going to be able to come to an understanding about this. I think this is the end of the show. I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we're just... The end of our friendship, our five year. No, <laughs> no, I don't I don't think you understand the canon of the mayhem commercials. <laughs> This is where my line is. Of all the things that we have disagreed and agreed on, this is the one where I'm like, that's it. I can't even talk. I can't even look at you you anymore. I dare you to smirch the name of all states. Mayhem. He's a... It's an important character. Yeah. In the archetypes of our national understanding of... You don't understand how much he's grown over the years. We've had him in our lives. Next, you're gonna. T- next, you're gonna start berating the cavemen from Geico. Started. Because I will get started. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, uh, I've been okay. Kyle, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. There it Stay is. Bye bye. That's not going uh, away. Yeah, That's not no. changing.